What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. I'm John, and we got Dime today. I had a standing cat, but then Dimey showed up, so we'll see. He's a little stoned right now. Alright, let's read some stories. No, I don't want to pay for a new license. I want the license for my old computer. It costs them double. Doing a job for a client regarding getting data off the hard drive, off their computer that died, and transferring to their new one. She asked me to install Office on her new computer for her and she has a license. So I quickly dredged through her emails and files looking for a license or details pertaining to, and nothing. So I go back to her with a quote for a new license and I get the reply of, No, I want you to use the Office from my old computer. Just copy it across. So I boot up her old drive. It's Office 2013. But she only uses it basically, so I'll do it. I start trawling through the registry with product key finders. Nothing. Start looking in the common spots myself. Nothing. Finally start searching the web and find a Reddit post that gives me answers and I find the key and note it down. I also at this time unactivate the office on her old computer. Remote onto her new computer and install office. It accepts the key and finishes the install. I go to activate it and uh oh, it's used its maximum activations. I go back to the client and send the quote through again and she accepts. Installed and activated. She ended up paying twice the price of the quote for the office install process, not including the remainder of the transfer. Should have just accepted the quote. Yeah, I did that to myself once. And then I learned that I worked with Office 2010 until, gosh, I don't even, I can't even tell you how long. I've still got a copy on this computer, which is actually only like a year old. And both of my laptops, um, you know, I don't know why. But anyway, if I got to the point where I had to transfer everything to a newer computer, I could call up Microsoft and explain that the computer died. I'm just transferring everything over and they'd give me a new product key activation key with no charge. So, I mean, I guess you might be charging more double because of your time to do all this rigmarole and running around. For me, if I'm having somebody else do it, I know the price is going to be cheaper just to have them go ahead and put the new stuff on. Um, but anyway. Now we have Office 365, so... la I smell smoke, said the IT manager. So back in the early 1980s, we had a printer that was showing its age and getting cranky, for lack of a better word. It was one of those high-speed band printers, about the size of a chest freezer and printing on 13-inch wide by 11-inch tall fan-fold paper. Something overheated and started to smoke and caused a small fire. So the veteran computer operator, thinking quickly, grabbed the fire extinguisher, opened up the covers, and smiled at the flames. She kept watching it for a few minutes. The IT manager opened the computer room door and he said, I smell smoke. The computer operator replied, eh, the printer's on fire. IT manager had an alarmed expression on his face, thought about it for a few seconds, and then exited the computer room, closing the door. <laughs> they got a new printer within a day or so. I couldn't figure out why the veteran computer operator was uh, was smiling, doing that. It sounded creepy the way it was printed, but now I get it. This is the same reason the IT manager backed slowly out of the room and closed the door. It was getting cranky. They needed a new printer, and, you know, if it destroys itself by fire, then so be it. Got it. I'm slow. What, what can I say? Yeah. That's not a tech support issue. Yesterday, I'm sitting at my desk doing the needful of browsing MSN articles when the phone rings. It's one of the production managers. Help desk, this is Abadatha. Yeah, they're having issues with 1108. It's by the old receiving area. 
Okay, I'm on it. I damn wear into it. It's running slow, but it's slow like all our Kanban machines. Kanban is running, and I can see them entering the info they need and making their scans. Okay, well, I don't see a problem. So I put on my safety glasses and earplugs and head to the machine in the next building. I get there, find someone, and ask them what was the issue. There are birds up there, he says, pointing up at the rafters and the roof of the building's production offices and the QC office. They keep pooping on the computer. <laughs> That's not an IT issue. Call maintenance or animal control and quit leaving bay doors open. You can move the station if you'd like, but that's also maintenance. So, have a good day. I turn to walk back to my desk. In what world are birds a tech support issue? Yeah, I guess the only time that would be deemed a tech support issue is if they get enough crap on the computer or in the right spots where it makes the computer malfunction. Otherwise, a BB or pellet gun uh, during your lunchtime really helps to take care of that issue. But unfortunately, most corporations kind of frown on that whole shooting pigeons inside the warehouse thing. So, yeah. You have a problem that you can't quite put your finger on. Got a phone call late last night from a former consulting client. Them. We need you on site as soon as possible. Me. Um. We've done this song and dance before. Me. What is it this time? Them. We're trying to do our end of the month stuff and admin can't log in. We need you and your finger. <laughs> Me. On mute. That's what she said. Unmute. Why can't admin log in? Long story short, admin has been taking cooking classes after work. They slipped while cutting a chicken boob and cut themselves diagonally directly across the fingerprint. Needless to say, even after they unwrapped the bandage, the system is rejecting the resulting image because it wasn't expecting the stitches. Me. Last time was a favor. This one I'm billing you for. Them. That's tough, but fair. It turns out their security guy disabled the ability to enroll alternate fingers. Under the logic that you wouldn't let people have multiple passwords, would you? He's joining the ranks of the unemployed. Yeah. So, I don't do construction anymore. I mean, I do projects around here, so I'm still dealing with power tools and sharp things and, you know, whatever. There's things that could take fingers off. But I learned in construction a long time ago that, you know, you just don't know when. <laughs> it doesn't always see. It seems like there's always a when, not an if. You're going to lose a certain digit. It could be, it depends on what saw you're using, what drill you're using, what router you're using. Uh, yeah. And if I only have one fingerprint to get into a machine and I lose this finger because I had an accident with a circular saw, I'm screwed. So in my mind, there needs to be an alternate way to log in. So if the fingerprint doesn't work, password or pin, uh, some kind of email or, you know, I mean, I do a lot of private enterprise stuff, so... You know, I can have reminders sent to my Galaxy two, for a two-factor. It'll say, is this really you trying to get in? And I say, yes. And then things come to life on the other machine. Uh, same thing on my phone. I have the fingerprint reader, which isn't really a fingerprint reader. It is and it isn't. But anyway, I have it set for different fingers. So I think I've got it set so that I can use either thumb and the right index finger. I think I've got three set up on there. Uh, at the very least, it's two. You know, the odds of me losing both my thumbs in one day. Well, I don't want to test that theory. But anyway. Yeah. Dimey's taken to his box nicely. Right, Dimey? Yeah, he's a good boy. Oh, man, he was out. Wow. He was snockered. Customer trouble reaching their virtual desktop environment. I'm a pretty new network admin. Switched over from general cloud support and deployments. 
newer customer puts in a ticket because their traffic is routing over the internet instead of their MPLS network to their virtual desktop environment we host. Customer, we can't reach our VDIs at XXX through our MPLS. It keeps routing over the internet instead. It still works, but that's not how it should be working. I proceed to spend an hour or two checking out routing tables, VGP advertisements, and such, verifying that in fact that traffic headed to XXXO slash 24 is getting sent out to the internet, not MPLS. Easy enough to fix the routes. Proceed to verify the information for their VDI subnet to set routes appropriately. Turns out the network is actually XXY024. I had just spent a few hours of my day chasing down this ghost of a problem invented because they pulled this subnet out of their butts. It isn't even used anywhere. I just thought it was a typo or just altogether missed. That's how I learned to verify customer subnets first before chasing down problems because everything was set up correctly, on our end at least. So I touched him. Now he has to go somewhere else and bathe. That's all right. We got a substitute. <laughs> That's my daughter's microwave cat. My skin crawls a little bit every time I say that phrase, but it's uh, it's got the beans in it like a like one of those neck warmers or the old uh, heater buddy things. Uh, yeah, you nuke it for a minute, minute and a half, and you can put it on your sore neck or whatever. Or just cuddle with it in bed. It helps her sleep sometimes. So, yeah, we'll use that. Chrome plugin is going to be the weak link. I do tech support for a software company that makes electronic health record software. Our software includes a patient portal, which allows you to check lab results, schedule appointments, etc. We get a case from a customer who says that documents aren't appearing on the portal for patients to reply to them. We reply to them to say that the example patient they're using doesn't show up as being registered for the portal and figure that's it. But they come back and say that this still isn't working. The documents aren't showing up in the third-party portal. Oh, you're using a third-party portal. Then your third party will need to go through our developer portal to see how they can use our APIs and work through that system. I'll spare you the details, but the case is still with us, with them trying to clarify what they need to do. Yada yada yada. I'm new to this area, so I'm not sure his exact role, but there's a technical sort of customer relationship manager who is somehow involved. I'll call him Bob. Bob arranges a meeting with me and the more experienced tech who I've been working with on this case. My coworker and I explained that they should probably go through dev and, by the way, we're not sure the other details that the customer is talking about will even work, but I digress. During our conversation, Bob goes on to explain how the third-party portal, in part, works by flipping the value of whether the patient is enrolled for the portal from no to yes. Note, that switches for our portal, not any portal. And here's where this gets more of a Rube Goldberg feel. They've put together a Chrome extension that somehow gets data on whether the patient is registered for their portal and then flips the yes-no option for portal registration to say that the patient is registered on our portal. Yes, we're pushing this on to Bob. Bob is going to be talking to them to help them understand that support is not the right avenue and they really do need to have a third-party portal devs work through the dev system. What? <laughs> I sort of get it. So basically, there's, they set up that script to flip the yes, the no to yes, um, but it really only works on one side. It's not like a catch-all. It doesn't, you know, change it for everything. So yeah, okay. So development needs to go back and make those settings be able to take effect for multiple things or have two separate confirmations come in and switch it over. I don't know. But anyway, right, Kitty? Right. Helping an older family friend. 
I'm young, pretty new out of college, with at the time a below average job in IT. I get a message from my parents practically begging me to help an older family friend. Some computer issue. I get his number and I shoot him a text. Me. Hey, I heard you were running into some computer issues. What exactly is happening? Him. Well, the power went out last night and now my computer won't turn on. You need to come help me with this because this computer has all my work files on it. I negotiate a time later that day when he'll be home and he shows me down to his office. As I typically do, I ask him to show me what he's doing. I kid you not, he turns the monitor on, waits a few seconds, turns it off, and then tells me, see, it isn't working. I then suggest we try pressing the power button on the large computer tower immediately next to the monitor. As slow as the old machine is, it boots up fine. He insists on testing out the programs he typically will use for work, as well as checking to see if all of his files are there. His wife walks into the room and speaks to her husband. Really? You didn't think to turn on the computer tower? Even I know how to do that. <laughs> they wanted to pay me, but this took a total of maybe 5-10 to 10 minutes, and it was for a good family friend. I took a slice of key lime pie instead. Mmm, pie. I like pie. Yesterday, working at my shop in Snow Hill, we have a bakery within eyesight of my front door, which is really dangerous. Uh, fat guys and bakeries, that's just a bad combo, man. Yeah, I had a raspberry bow tie. That thing was banging, man. I can only do that like once a month. I mean... I gain weight just from looking at stuff online, let alone eating it. Oh, well. But yes, I do work for food. My Wi-Fi isn't working. I work for a hospital as a network analyst. I just came off call today. I work my regular shift 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., and then I'm on call from 5 p.m. to 8 a.m. from Friday to Friday. I wanted to share a story with you that happened three days ago. I got a call from our help desk. We're the only people authorized to call the people on call after hours if it's an emergency. The help desk person called me at 1.30 a.m. and woke my ass up to let me know a user was having some wireless connectivity issues. By the way, I call our help desk the helpless desk because they don't even try. They're just ticket-creating machines and pass out tickets like you're at a horse race placing your bet. I then asked for the host name of the PC so I could get the IP and Mac of this lady's laptop. I then asked what site she's currently at. The help desk told me she needed to come into work, so she was at the clinic, and it was locked and needed to access our wireless network. She then told the helpless desk that she was in her car because she doesn't have a key to unlock the clinic, and expected the Wi-Fi network to reach out to the parking lot where she was sitting in her car, and called in a ticket because she kept getting disconnected. <sighs> if any of you are wondering how I resolved this, I politely told her, Ma'am, we guarantee maximum signal strength inside the clinic. And if you would like to access our secured network, you need to be inside of the clinic. I then reminded her that she is authorized, and I checked her ad account to make sure she was a member of the Citrix VDA remote group, to access our network remotely. We use a two-factor authentication with Google Authentication and the Google Authenticator. I checked Citrix director, and she used it not even a week ago. That part boggles my mind as to why she needed to drive to the clinic. I probably should have asked her, Ma'am, what specifically can you not do remotely that you have to drive to the clinic to access the network there. But you know how it is when you get woken up in the middle of the night. Lol. She did say she had Wi-Fi at home and didn't make me aware of it not working for her or anything like that. I walked her through accessing our remote webpage and they signed in with their IAD credentials and Google Authenticator key. Bam, she can access our network remotely from home with her home Wi-Fi. Damn help desk should have done this for her and walked her through. They're not new to it, and this is a common issue they address because people lock their ad accounts up when they fat-finger their keyboards when working remotely and when on site. They also add the groups to ad accounts once remote access is approved for that particular user from their department director. 
usually have one to two help desk representatives after hours and they work solely at night. And that is their normal shift. What pisses me off is because they don't get a lot of calls. They're not allowed to bring a game system or watch Netflix on a laptop. But man, they don't give two shits about waking you up at night for stuff like this. After you've already worked a full day shift. I guess I was striving for that customer service. Sorry for the rant. This wasn't an emergency call, obviously, but the moment the user tells the helpless desk it's an emergency, they're required to wake your ass up. Okay, you said required to wake you up. So that tells me the reason that they're ticket-creating machines, just like at the horse track, is because it's either somewhere in the policy or they've just been allowed to do it for so long that why would they change? If they're sitting there all night bored off their minds, you know, why bother? Might as well just push it off onto somebody else. I'm not saying it's right, but you sort of can't blame them. It sounds like there's either a direct supervisor or manager who's making some pretty weird and not good protocols, standard operating procedures. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.